0: Um, good morning and uh, welcome to our worship at Hillheads. Uh, we extend a, a special welcome to david coleman the chaplain to Eco congregation scotland who is leading our worship this morning um some of you will be able to see uh, that david has brought with us him some friends this morning um who we also extend a welcome to and we look forward to meeting later in the service um, it's just a tiny bit of happy family news this morning. Um, everyone wish a happy birthday to Brian, whose birthday is today. Uh, um, right. it's always nice to embarrass people whose birthdays happen on a Sunday. <laughs> 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 um, uh, just some some usual notices. Our coffee club happens at ten thirty on Wednesday in Esquire House as usual. Um, our midweek Zoom conversations are uh, happen on Tuesdays at seven. For the few weeks leading up to Lent, we are considering various aspects of time. And this week we'll be thinking about how we spend our time, including sharing a wee bit with each other, an account of how we've spent our time over the, the couple of days prior to the meeting, which means kind of today, tomorrow and, and into Tuesday. So if you plan to come along and would like to kind of ask that you make a wee note of how you spend your time between now and then, I'm not going to ask you to give a blow-by-blow blow account, don't worry, but it will form the basis of our conversation. The deadline for contributions to the February Key is the 24th of January. Please send any contributions to Laura. Next week, we will meet together, as usual, in the hotel and on Zoom when Brian will lead our worship on the topic of Burns on Faith. These are all our notices.
1: Thank you, Holly. Uh, we have some opening words which will be with you in just a moment, and if you read the words marked in yellow, let's worship God. If God can change, then so can we. Sustaining God, you made it so. Creation, being created. We speak to earth who breathes forth praise.
2: And listen as we praise.
1: We begin with what probably sounds like a traditional sort of hymn, but it's one which involves us in the praise of creation. Morning has broken like the first morning. the Wind Farm, of course, is probably what's powering us here in Glasgow this morning. Let's pray. Dear God, you make us and you keep us going. And when we say us, that can mean quite a lot. Not just people like those we know. Not even just people. In Jesus, the word of God was flesh and blood. He shared with us everything we share with fellow creatures, living and dying and leading the way to life made new, life in all abundance, joy in all fullness. Day by day, Christ walks beside us, showing us the wisdom of the trees and the birds and the earth, the family of the earth, whose value, whose rights exceed whatever price we might brand them with, with which we might discount them. So Christ, teach us again that kingdom you brought within our reach to live the way the skies are ruled, where trees breathe life, that we may breathe at all. And Christ, who enjoyed the hospitality of everyday folk, as creation cries out, may we add our cry to break down the barriers of race and class and species and fill the gap with respect and order of predator and prey, of life and decay, of death and hope, that even endings be beginnings. Show us what and how to value what you sustain and love, yes love, and loving care and caring listen and listening change. Through Christ, the Word, the flesh, that's us. And as Jesus loved to say, Amen, get on with it. We also pray in the way that Jesus teaches us, the Lord's Prayer in the form that works for you. Our Father, who art shall I be thy kingdom come, thy name is Day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And give us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For I am the same, the God and glory forever. If I go out there, you can still see me. That's good. Hello, friends. Well, as I've already intimated, I like to remind people uh, of that of which they are very well reminded in Scripture, that when we praise God, we do so not just as one species, but as everything that has flesh. And the easy way to do that is to uh, share amongst you fellow creatures you look as if you'd like to try out with the sloth, don't you? <laughs> now, remember, now remember slow, a sloth moves very, very slowly, so I do everything in slow motion. Um, now, the thing is, all these creatures have, have stories. So the alpaca I got when I heard the story of how the alpajeros... No spitting in church, all right? All right. Uh, how the alpajeros in, in, in the Andes are having to move further and further up the mountains to... to, to to do their work when they're, they're looking after the alpaca. So, would you like to take care of an alpaca? If we can have some friends just to speed this up a wee bit and get, we get a puppet to everyone. Okay, yeah, we'll manage that. And again, they will, they will all have characters and they will, all have <laughs> they will all have their stories. So again, some of them like the, the polar bear and the, and the penguin. Obviously, as, as the ice melts, things get very, very difficult for them. But again, re- they are here, they are worshipping God alongside you. You want to go for the It's a lovely penguin, that. Yeah. Okay. I'll, right, let's just keep moving. Um, pandas. Yeah, you can't see these in Scotland anymore, but there we go. <laughs> okay. Um, keep going. Right, Some, something... Te- now, that... The, <laughs> give the tech... That is a... Um, the tech desk are getting a sea creature. Um, uh, it's a hermit crab. Crabs and things like that. Crabs and things that rely on shells are having a hard time. As the oceans become more acidic, it's more difficult to build shells and to keep them. Right. Who have we got in there? Uh, we've got enough slopes. OK. <laughs> Just, just, keep, keep, just keep moving, just, just make sure everybody gets something fast. Um, koalas, um, interesting, if you look up about koalas, you hear they, they don't actually drink water, but after there's been wildfires and you know, not just the wildfires that are a healthy part of the Australian uh, climate, but otherwise, uh, as poor old koalas have to learn to drink water. Imagine if you, you'd never done anything like that. All right, I think, I think... Right, well, leave the koala with the tech desk. Um, how, are we, how are we going? We've got some predators and some prey here. You've got the bee. Of course, bees are vitally important to everyone. They pollinate the flowers. Without bees, not much grows that anybody else can eat. Or even that anybody else can eat who then gets eaten, if you see what I mean. So the bees... Are really, really, really important. Um, Bible quiz. <laughs> now, uh, of these two creatures, well, hey, right, the um, dove and the snake, which of these do you think Jesus wants us to be like? Well, go with the dove. All right, who, who's in favour of the dove? Some are. Looks like the penguin is. Um, <laughs> what about the snake? want to be like a snake you're right okay absolutely jesus says to the disciples i'm sending you out uh, like sheep amongst wolves but also that they are to be gentle like doves but also really crafty and again i was talking you were saying about how people read the bible when people come across words in the bible which might force them to think of it they tone them down so so the craftiness of the snake doesn't always come through in some of the english language bibles but you're crafty people. You're intelligent people. And in the way things are at the moment, I think we need to use all those gifts creatively to be crafty but not in a harmful way. Uh, who else have we got there? We've got the, you've got the ant. Of course, some of these creatures I've brought along appear in the Bible. The ant is there. Reminds you in Proverbs, don't be lazy. <laughs> we'll go into why that ant has socks another time. Um, LAUGHTER uh, who else have we got that I can see? Well, okay, you've, you've got a chimpanzee over there. Um, chimpanzees are incredibly close to us in the ways they think and feel and relate to each other. And I spent some time watching them. What I had to remind myself is that they are who they are in their own right. Uh, it gets to you when you look at a chimpanzee and they look back at you. Um, but they have a right to be who they are without being like us. Who else? Oh, well, the Scottish wildcat. That's the only one that isn't uh, a puppet, but of course the Scottish wildcat is one of the very rarest creatures uh, that there are around. I think less than 50 in the wild at the moment, though there's work going on to do something about that. And the puffins, the the seabirds, puffins, uh, some of the young people sitting here might not see puffins when they're the age of the older people here. Because both the climate is changing and people are fishing for all the food that they, they need and they're feeding it to dogs and cats instead. So all of the creatures, including... Oh, we've got the Highland cow there, Highland hill and coo. Um, <laughs> a lot of the creatures we share our lives with in, in interesting ways. And I think even those whom we, we eat, do we ensure that they have a good life? Animal welfare, I think, should be something Christians are concerned with. Okay, there's a lot going on there. I'd like you to hold on to these as far as possible throughout worship because they, you know, know, they're still with us. And um, so if you just let them look at each other and where possible not eat each other for the moment. Uh, Okay, right. And I thought, since the trees, of course, also are in on that. Yeah, how about that? Um... (laughs) The the trees are in on that. The trees breathe out what we breathe in. That's how it works. That's one of these wonderful balances about creation. And the song, therefore, to end this wee bit, I thought would be good to have a nice bit of Old Testament. You shall go out with joy, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And everything else as well. Even yourselves, (laughs) maybe. Let's sing that.
2: The trees of the field shall clap
3: their hands, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands, and you'll go out with joy. Younes Fasslisse as mektop hand. سپس کلام خداوند برای بار دوم به یونس نازل شد. به شهر بزرگ نینوا برو و پیامی را که به تو می دهم به آن ابلاغ کن. یونس کلام خداوند را اطاعت کرد و به نینوا رفت. اکنون نینوا شهری بزرگ بود. رفتن به آنجا سه روز طول کشید. یونس با رفتن یک روزه به شهر شروع کرد و اعلام کرد چهل روز دیگر نینوا ویران خواهد شد. مردم نینوا به خدا ایمان آوردند. روزه ای اعلام شد و همه از بزرگ تا کوچک گونی پوشیدند. چون هشدار یونس به پادشاه نینوا رسید، او از تخت خود برخاست، جامعه سلطنتی خود را درآورد، خود را با گونی پوشانید و در خاک نشست. این اعلامیه‌ای است که او در نینوا کرد. به فرمان پادشاه و اشراف او اجازه ندهید مردم یا حیوانات گله ها چیزی را بچشند اجازه ندهید چیزی بخورند و بنوشند اما مردم و حیوانات را با گونی بپوشانید بگذارید همه خداوند را صدا کنند بگذارید آنها از روش های شیطانی و خشونت خود دست بکشند چه کسی می داند؟ خدا پشیمان شود با با شفقت از خشم شدید خود دور شود تا ما حلاک نشویم. وقتی خداوند دید آنان چه کردند و چگونه از راه پلید خود برگشتند، پشیمان شد و حلاکتی را که آنها را تهدید کرده بود، بر سر آنان نیاورد. مرقس فصل یک از چهارده تا بیست، پس از زندانی شدن یهیه ایسا به جلیل رفت و بشارت خدا را اعلام کرد. او گفت زمان فرا رسیده است. پادشاهی خدا نزدیک شده است. توبه کن و خبر خوش را باور کن. ایسا اولین شاگردان خود را فراخواند. هنگامی که ایسا در کنار دریای جلیل راه می رفت شمعون و برادرش اندریاس را دید که توری به دریاچه انداختند. زیرا ماهیگیر بودند عیسی گفت دنبال من بیا و تو را برای ماهیگیری مردم میفرستم آنها بیدرنگ تورهای خود را گذاشتند و به دنبال او به راه افتادند چون کمی جلوتر رفت یعقوب یعقوب ابن زبدی و برادرش یوحنا را در قایق دید که تورهای خود را آماده می کنند بدون تاخیر آنها را صدا زد و پدر خود زبدی را با اجیرها در غایق گذاشتند و به دنبال او راه افتادند،
1: That was uh, a wee clip. Uh, when I was down at Aberlady, I noticed the Ider's. Believe it or not, ducks seem to like having dry feet. Uh, and as the tide came in, they took some notice and they they moved further up the beach. And now, as we're approaching the sermon, let's pray. May the words that are spoken, and the thoughts and the feelings that were given to play with today, convey your word of comfort and of challenge. Amen. Friends, for some years I used to work with a Christian community who saw themselves as rather progressive. Um, So they, they, they tended to say, we do good things for folk, but we don't bother them with this Jesus business except that for some of the targets of those good things, that was a wee bit suspect. Vickers in disguise, they're the worst, said a homeless man to me in the drop-in we ran in a city centre on a Sunday afternoon. And in the five and a half years I've thus far been in this peculiar job I have of encouraging and challenging churches as uh, as well as pointing out how we already have permission to hear the many bells which may be ringing uh, in our faith and in our care for the earth. My conclusion thus far, really, is very much that in the days of our very urgent climate crisis, the best gift we can offer is not to set aside the resources of our faith, but rather to celebrate, recycle, repurpose and reactivate what it means to be the friends of God in Christ. To take seriously even that which may never have been meant literally. And that's more than some liberals would like and more than some evangelicals can cope with. That as the um, Royal Zoological Society of Scotland recognised in their crest, biodiversity is the wisdom of God. Follow me. Says Jesus. That's one of the things we heard in that reading. Follow me. And the greenest way to follow Jesus, the greenest way to follow is the way of Christ. Christ who spoke to the wind and the waves, who recycled the wisdom of Solomon in reference to trees and birds, birds of the heavens, as it were, and indeed as clouds as our teachers. Jesus who found refreshment but also challenge in the fellowship of wildlife in the wilderness, who taught that a sower who is content to let nature take their course rather than depriving the birds of their cut is nonetheless rewarded with a great harvest. This is Christ made one with the tree of life, which artists throughout the centuries have brought together with the tree as a habitat for the birds the heavens this is the same christ who listened to and affirmed in the tradition of the psalmist the voices of the lowest and the least jesus who expected hearers to be ready and able to read the signs of creation in the state of heaven and heaven whatever else you need heaven to mean always also means sky in the real world conditions Jesus needs you to be alert to signs, let's include the climate, the signs of the times. And how does Jesus teach us to pray, like we just did, in a way which looks for God's will to be done throughout the unified creation? Many, many times God is described as the maker of heaven and earth, of sky and soil. So we pray not only that God's will be done on earth, but also in the skies, though we've tended for now to present that as taken for granted. In these days, that's not the case. Climate crisis is a crisis of heaven. It is that spiritually serious. So we thank Jesus for that call to prayer and action. We thank Jesus for whom, when disciples renege on the speaking of justice, the stones will shout aloud, as indeed is the case in every successive report from the IPCC, the United Nations Climate Agency. Every honest observation of creation by peer-reviewed science enables that shouting of the stones to happen. And how can these things not be the most urgent of matters for prayer. When we hear that the word becomes flesh, does that thereby include human flesh only? We hear that God loves, when, when we hear that God loves the world so much that he gave his only son, how can that world only mean one species? Does our faith have to be so mean and so narrow as to shut out everything else? I pray not. But I've seen also in this job many times that a change of mind, and that's the churchy language for as um, the unchurchy language for repentance. you know Jesus in, in our reading calls people to repentance change of mind that 's what it means a change of mind which begins in small and valuable things like an attention in shared church life and daily life to fair trade to moving on from single- use plastic. Um, to being careful about everything that it is in your own gift and your own hands to decide on. Quite a lot of churches now, like yourselves, don't have their own building, but there are things that they can influence, things that they can choose. And a change of mind, I've seen, can bring joy and hope and a deepening of a very meaningful faith. Rather than a rather waffly focus on those churchy words kingdom covenant and other things we've allowed to remain opaque rather than breaking them open in this change of mind we bring what gifts we do have and it's a good idea to start with the easy ones what we call the low hanging fruit the stuff that why have you not done that yet well let's do it and we do that with that with an urgency that we recognize even in the opening chapter of Mark's Gospel. Mark's Gospel is full of, and then immediately, and then immediately. It it gets a move on. And we see what it means also to be the yeast in the dough, what it means to be fishing for people with an ear to the prophetic voice of the earth, holding us always to account to do justly and love mercy and walk humbly with our God. Micah chapter 6. Uh, People love to put that particular phrase on banners. Um, But if you scroll back a verse or two, uh, you find there that in the mountains of the foundations of the earth, the personality and the involvement of creation is always there in in our most faithful witness, in our choices, in our discipleship. That's what I was trying to do with, with distributing the animals amongst you, reminding you you are part of that community. That, 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 that communion, if you like. Uh, part of the rainbow covenant um, made between God and every living thing on earth, of course, including us. In the Old Testament reading for today, I reinstated verses from Jonah that the committees who select readings had left out. Rather stuffily, perhaps, they thought that including animals in acts of repentance would trivialise the message. Not at all. Humorous though these, these verses may be, I think they also deepen it. Those verses which emphasise not only the urgency, but the complete inclusiveness of the taking notice of the Ninevites. They heard something was going to happen and they acted on it before it did. And that I'd suggest, even including the uh, stuff with the whale, uh, is the most miraculous aspect of the book of Jonah. The people heard, they were warned, and they actually acted on it before it happened. But also that the... Ninevites recognise what we most frequently evade, that when it comes to the nature climate crisis, whatever the fault, the fate is shared. Whoever does the damage, we all share in, in what follows. With every class and status, with every creature too on whom we in any way rely, the community of the earth independently and interdependently overarches every human community. And although poets and preachers have known that for millennia, science is fast catching up. Whoever and whatever and wherever the balance is disrupted of forces which for the last 10,000 years have nurtured every human civilization and religion, then then just as the Bible and other spiritual traditions especially the Hebrew prophets, have long recognized. Human injustice, I'll just pop off the screen for a moment there, human injustice inevitably leads to environmental harm. And the choice of justice, equality and inclusion opens up healing. It's now firmly established that action to ensure the equality, education and empowerment of women is one of the greenest things that any nation Can do. Back in the time of COP, just up the road, indeed, here in Glasgow, (coughs) a church did make headlines with a banner. Whoops, hang on. Get ahead. Don't know if you remember that one. Uh, The world's most urgent need is churches preaching Christ crucified, not climate change. Even in their own terms, I'd beg to put it differently. The urgent need is churches preaching Christ crucified because of climate change. And in terms we heard from Mark's Gospel this morning, get on with it, get on with it, get on with it. Jonah, as I said, is a satirical, humorous tale, but it's one full of hope too, and a very, very profound book of the Bible. Because in it, God changed God's mind. Something to bear in mind when you hear of how our species is in the image and likeness of this mind-changing God. God changed God's mind. And that's something that medieval and other philosophers would rather prefer was not to be found in Scripture. Where that traditionally female prerogative is divinely exercised, exercised quite a few times. And the contention that this is only ever in the direction of of merciful letting people off the hook is not quite as watertight either, as some evangelical writers would like it to be. But rather, in the Old Testament, God sets terms and conditions, usually with a warning, of which, if you ignore the warning, on your own head be it. The temptations which are resisted by Jesus in Matthew and Luke are in the same vein. On the pinnacle of the temple, you're God's son, why don't you just jump off? But Jesus doesn't. And think how much good you could do if you could dictate to the regimes of the world, but just bow down and worship Satan first. Or in UK politics, talk about jobs and energy security. Talk about squeezing every last drop of oil out of the North Sea, rather than investing big and now in a transition with justice to a low-carbon economy. Now, though every responsible uh, international agency is clear about this, that there can be no more new oil and gas, not anywhere, (laughs) if the runaway rise in global temperature is even to be slowed. New oil is a choice of death for our neighbour. The Old Testament (coughs) will-of-God disasters, and here I am generalising because preachers can do that and get away with it, Um, the Old Testament will-of-God disasters are far more about cause and effect than the supposed peevishness of a grumpy old man in the sky. Another generalisation, though, is that the many, many warnings, both in Old and New Testaments, need to be seen as good news. And if you want a Bible study sometime, um, work your way through the sayings of Jesus and find out what proportion of those loving utterances are in the form of warnings, and some even ultimatums. The unfruitful um, fig tree is given manure to help it out, but if it doesn't choose to be fruitful, then it's going to be dug up. And I've re- listened to plenty of sermons which stop before that bit, before those verses come through. That also said how frequently salvation is by the skin of our teeth. The house on the rock, got to get it out of the way of the house on the sand, uh, the house on the rock is neither waterproof nor out of harm's way when the rain comes down and the flood comes up but survives presumably in some sort of waterlogged state because the builders did take notice of the prevailing climate a climate which they couldn't control but could respond to when we gather for worship whoops when we gather for worship we do so with the good news gifts of fellowship and prayer, and scripture. That's why this is the sort of place we should be prepared to tell the truth. That unlike almost all the problems of our colonial heritage capitalist culture of control, the crisis of nature and climate will not simply be solved and sorted by a snap of your fingers. With the resources of faith, though, we hold on to hope. We hold on to the importance of every single small change of mind and direction. We build resilience and we disagree with despair. Now the story of the call of the the fishermen and just importantly the story of their response to that call is sometimes presented as an instance of the irresistible single-mindedness of a God whom doctrinal Christianity has chosen to insist is a company of three. That creation and creation-sustaining is the ultimate community task. That said, in hierarchical societies, the consensus model of the Trinity is, is sometimes reduced to the boss, the junior, and if you look carefully, you might spot the pigeon. It's somewhat flagrant in the evasion of the equality and the diversity of the Trinity. But that is the God in whose image and likeness our species is made. And this is the God who is always the same in their readiness to respond to mercy and to justice. Amen.
0: sure where to put the panda. (laughs) In our prayers for others this morning we mark two important dates that happen this week. It is currently the week of prayer for Christian unity which runs from the 18th to the 25th of January each year and Holocaust Memorial Day which is marked on the 27th of January each year. We join together in our prayers for others and for each other. Let us pray. Sometimes we worry that we are in danger of completely losing our connection to the earth, of pushing forward with our agenda, of doing to creation instead of being with and part of creation. We seldom tread gently enough. Sometimes we worry that we are in danger of losing our connection with others, of standing alone or against each other, rather than being side by side. We tread on each other's toes. In our Bible reading this morning, we heard the story of Jesus calling his first disciples, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. Jesus, wake us up to your call to follow you and also to the world into which we are sent. May we celebrate and protect all of creation. Animals, plants, our fellow humans and the planet which we all share. This week we celebrate the week of prayer for Christian unity, which falls each year between the feast days of St Peter and St Paul. We join with other churches by using some prayers published this week to mark God of boundless love, we pray that all people may come to know your unlimited mercy and your infinite love god our shepherd we who are scattered ask us ask you to gather us into one fold fill us with your love make us one in you god of our journey in our weakness and fear we often pass by on the other side grant us grace to risk embracing the stranger in need tending their wounds of body mind and spirit fill us with your love make us one in you in this short silence we bring our own prayers for christian unity fill us with your love make us one in you The theme for Holocaust Memorial Day 2024 is The Fragility of Freedom. In addition to the Holocaust, Holocaust Memorial Day this year marks the 30th anniversary of the genocide against the Tutsis in Rwanda. 49 years after the Holocaust ended, 19 years after the genocide in Cambodia, the world stood by as Hutu extremists shattered the fragile freedoms in Rwanda, culminating in the murder of over 1 million Tutsis in just 100 days. Today, many people in Western democracies take freedom for granted. This Holocaust Memorial Day, we reflect on how these freedoms need to be valued and how many people around the world face restrictions to their freedoms to live, worship, work and love freely. We pray especially for the weaker Muslims in China, who are facing forced relocation, re-education that threatens to eradicate their culture, and other limits to free expression, free movement and freedom of worship. For hundreds of thousands of Rohingya Muslims living in refugee camps in Bangladesh, having escaped religious persecution in Myanmar, We remember the conflict that is still ongoing in the Darfur regions of Sudan. Survivors of the genocide who are now safe in other parts of the world are scared for the safety of their family members still in Darfur and are scared to speak out publicly in case their family members lives are threatened. Sadly, these don't begin to speak about all of the people in the world whose freedoms are threatened. And in this short silence, we bring our prayers for all known to us whose freedoms are threatened. The BMS Prayer Diary this week invites us to pray for people in the world who are forcibly displaced for refugees, asylum seekers, and others who have had to flee from imminent danger. In particular, they ask that we pray that they might have help for the journey. God, we pray for all who are forcibly displaced, that they will receive the help they need from those they meet along the way, from individuals to governments and all that lies between. We pray for ourselves both those among us who have needed help on their journeys in the past, and those who have offered help. And we pray that all displaced people will experience God's love, guidance, and presence on their journey, and will know deep hope as a result. In the Baptist Union of Scotland prayer diary, we, diary, we remember Bearsden Baptist Church, Bells Hill Baptist Church, and the Reverend Graham Bell, Chaplain of HMP Glen We thank you for them and we pray that you would be present to them as they seek to discern what it means to follow you this week and every week. And in our own congregation, we pray for all those having a hard time at the moment, especially those who will struggle this week due to the weather, those facing change in either their work or personal lives, and those who are caring for those they love or needing more help than they have in the past. We pray that we would find new ways to celebrate and cultivate our connections with each other and with all of creation of which we are a part. Fill us with your love, make us one in you. Help us not to take the fragile freedoms of ourselves or others for granted. And may we all offer each other help on our journeys. Amen.
1: As we're getting the final slide ready, if you take up your animals as well and let them be part of this... Sending response. And we read the words in the yellow. Salvation's in the swift response. And also treading wisely. Look far ahead and choose your path. Tread softly on earth's living. Now go, first steps have passed, hope beckons. Tread lovingly with joy. And may the blessing of God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with you, within you, and for the earth. Amen.